that there is no contradiction. You can have a very, very impactful mission that has a great market and you can have the biggest exit and be a unicorn. Welcome to our series entitled The I Am Podcast, a podcast about innovation, business, and most importantly, people. In this series, we'll be talking to founders, executives, and various experts about their vision, challenges, best practices, and lessons learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited that I am joined by none other than the founder at the Sustainable Business Compass. Let's all welcome Ms. Sivan Lachman. Hello, Sivan. Hi, happy to be here. We are so happy and we're excited to what we're going to learn from you as a startup founder, as a business leader, as a female entrepreneur, and of course, impact tech. So let's get started. Please tell us about impact tech, Sivan. Impact tech, impact in general is a change with an important outcome to people and planet, it can be positive and it can be negative. When a technology has a positive effect, this can be quantified. Most practices use the UN Sustainable Development Goals that were set at 2015 in the Paris Convention, and then they can be measured to exhibit this positive effect. That's the impact of technology or impact. Okay, so since you mentioned about measure, So let's go to this question. How do you measure impact? Um, This is an interesting dilemma. As this area is quite new, there is no one methodology to do it. Mostly impact is measured using the UN Sustainable Development Goals and then using available statistics. Um, The UN SDGs were defined at the country level and not at the company level. Mm -hmm. So this needs a little thinking and a little digging and then you get to what a company can commit to and then measure. And work is being done to standardize and create one methodology. Mostly this is to make it um, easier for everybody, both the companies that want to measure their impact and the, the stakeholders who want to see this measure. And stakeholders can be investors, they can be your customers as a company, If you're doing B2B or B2C, they can be your employees. And that goes to employer branding. So if you can measure it, then you can publicize whatever you're doing. And that has a lot of value. Um, ESG reporting, we'll talk about that in a bit, is a little easier because there are more accepted ways like the GRI, the Global Reporting Initiative. They have a sort of standard from uh, reporting methods. So what the business, the, the sustainable business campus does is dig into the core technology of the company, of its product. And then you see how you can connect the, the three dots. You have the core technology of the product itself, which inherently has a positive impact on people or planet. Mm-hmm. Then you have the business plan. And then you find the SDGs or whatever other method you choose to put KPIs on those business goals. So you have a connection between the company's profit and the good that it does on on the planet and for people. And you can measure that. If you are an an, uh, agriculture tech company, 
that helps um, farmers around the world get better crops. So you use less chemicals in order to get that crop to grow. So you can talk about sustainable um, infrastructure. You can talk about reducing hunger and poverty. You can talk about equal opportunities. And you can talk about climate change because you pollute less. And all that is measurable. The more you, you sell, the more profit you make, the more good you do. Your impact is greater. And if you can measure it, you can improve. That's always true. Yes, I've heard that. Yes, if you can measure it, you can improve it. So we're interested. You mentioned about ESG, environmental, social, and governance. Is that right? Yes. How important is ESG to companies of all sizes, even startups? ESG is super important to everybody. That's the bottom line, the top line, the most important point. Because the sooner you implement ESG into your company's DNA, mm -hmm. the more inherent it will be in your business way of thinking. You can, when you use ESG, which is different to impact tech, you can um, look at your supply chain and therefore you can reduce your carbon, the, your product's carbon footprint. You produce less waste. You can have local suppliers rather than foreign suppliers and stuff like that. You look at whatever your, sub, your suppliers are doing and your subcontractors are doing and see that they're implementing ESG. So you have a second circle of influence when you implement ESG in your company. You do diversity and inclusion and gender equality, and you don't end up with a startup that has 50 privileged white men. Because when you implement diversity, inclusion, and gender equality, you open the scope of the, of the way of thinking, the point of view that people come into the company. And when everybody thinks the same, because everybody's been read the same, everybody's had the same experience, everybody has the same point of view, then your company gets stuck because everybody's thinking the same. And when you want to innovate, you need different points of view. So that's super important from day one. And the sooner it's implemented, the more it's inherent in the company's DNA. Yes. So you should have it from day one. Okay. Indeed. How do you classify organizations? I mean, we are interested to knowing some of the good companies are now creating impact. Companies can be um, categorized into three levels of impact. You have the responsible organizations. That's the lowest level. They do no harm. Okay, that can go into waste management or into just looking at your processes and making sure they're more efficient. Because if they're more efficient, you, you produce less defects and then your, your company is more efficient. And that also goes down to profit. The second level is sustainable organizations. They make an effort to do good. And that can go into diversity, inclusion, and gender equality. And then there are the proactive organizations which do good intentionally, okay? They are the impact tech companies that I am talking about. Mm -hmm. Because these companies like uh, medical device or ed tech or food tech, whatever they do proactively does good by reducing pollution, by uh, reducing um, educational gaps, by making healthcare more available to people all over the world. 
by making it cheaper or having advanced health care in rural areas. Okay, so that's the third level, that's the highest level. That's the way you classify all those things. So yes, for those three levels, we should aim for the third category, the proactive one. The proactive ones, yeah. Okay, do you have any tips on how to make it more efficient for companies, for them to create a greater impact? They should start by thinking about it and seeing if their product is doing good right now. And if it's doing good right now, then they're, they're okay. But if it's not doing good, then how can it do good? Like having, like having the gaming industry couple up with an ed tech startup, okay? And having um, an educational app that has gaming um, characteristics to it, and it gets kids hooked. Okay. Okay. So if, and get, kids are all the time on their phones right now, but if you give them something that helps them learn, then you've done something good. And that's using the gaming industry to do good by joining forces. Okay. Um, uh, IoT, Internet of Things, and AI mm-hmm. can go with climate action. I've just been reading about this company in, in, uh, in Britain. They're doing flood uh, predictions. They have sensors on uh, riverbeds and on river banks, and they know what, ha- what happened before, and they do number crunching. So they do IoT, they do machine learning, they do artificial intelligence, and they tell people around them when the river is going to overflow. That's climate action. Amazing. Okay, so that's, again, being multidisciplinary, being diverse, having an open point of view. Amazing, amazing. Okay, maybe there are innovators, okay? And at times, impact tech innovators are torn. Like, do they need to prioritize between the mission or financial returns? So what can you say? What are your thoughts? That there is no contradiction. You can have a very, very impactful mission that has a great market, and you can have the biggest exit and be a unicorn. There is no con- contradiction. That's the point. You don't, you, when people say ESG and they say sustainability, it's always thought of as a very soft characteristic. Going to volunteer, being tree huggers, all these very nonprofit words. But it's not there. Because if you have this company that predicts flats and more people, more um, towns, more countries, more precincts buy their, their uh, product. They're increasing their profit line and they're increasing the positive impact that they have on people. That is no contradiction. It's the same, it's same, same. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yes, there's no contradiction between the two. No okay, please talk to us about the sustainable business compass. What is your unique value proposition? My unique value proposition is doing exactly what we've spoken about. Impact tech investment market in 2020 was no less than $715 billion. That's a big number. And this market is growing by 20, over 26% per year. And that's just the investing. You've got NASDAQ and SEC and the EU who are all asking companies to act responsibly. NASDAQ has issued 
a request that all companies that are in NASDAQ have a women director on their directorate board. That's a request from NASDAQ. Um, S&P 500 is a new index, which is non-fossil. Investment houses are putting together portfolios of companies that have corporate responsible, responsibility policies. And millennials are asking for these portfolios. The same millennials that will come to work for you when you have an impactful startup. Because people are looking for that. Millennials and Gen Zs especially, but also people who are older. And this can also be achieved if you have a, a well-formulated impact policy. Hiring and retaining talent is very challenging these times. And this is one way by using employer branding that you can keep these people in your company because a startup is the sum of its employees. If you have less than worthy employees, so will your startup flow. But if you have real good ones and you keep them on board, then your startup is gonna flourish. And you can do that by having a good impact policy and by publicizing it. And I help companies do exactly that. Get down, drill down to their technology, drill down into the business plan, formulate an impact tech, KPIs and a plan, follow it up, measure, improve, publicize, repeat. Okay, so that's the process. So when a company consults or goes to you, what is usually the process? Could you take us through like what you do? I, I sit down and we talk and we talk and we talk and we do all these rules down that I've spoken about. We go into the technology. We see where it aligns with the SDGs, whether it's agri-tech or ed-tech or food-tech or medical device or whatever. And we see where the, in, the most in, important influence is. Mm -hmm. And then we go into the business plan. And then we go and talk to stakeholders. Because once we've set our KPIs, not all are as important. We need to prioritize. You can get a list of 20 KPIs. You can't do them all. So you yes. need to prioritize. So you go and talk to your stakeholders. You talk to your investment. You talk to your employees. You talk to your subcontractors. You talk to a, to a regulation consultancy. And you prioritize. And then you have KPIs and you know what to focus on. And that's an ongoing process that takes however many weeks it takes. And then you get a plan. A business, it's the same as a business plan. It's a five-year forecast. And you revisit it every year. Mm. And you see what you've done. You see where you can improve. Maybe the prioritization will change. Repeat. Rinse and repeat. Okay. Who are your market customers? My market customers are mainly, um, mainly startups because startups tend to look for investments. And impact investment is, like I mentioned before, a very big market which is growing rapidly. There are over 300 global VCs who are, impact, who are uh, investing into impact uh, startups. And that, and that can be all levels of startups, from pre-seed to going to NASDAQ and being a unicorn, because everybody who doesn't have one does need an, an impact tech pro plan and a sustainability policy and uh, an ESG policy. And there's also another market segment that is the companies that have impact on the product, but they don't need investment. They're well-established company 
and they're going for their for their customers, say a textile company, mm-hmm. which produces for a big brand. The customers of those brands are now requesting sustainability policies from the brands. So the brands ask that from their suppliers. So it's a chain going back. It's the entire value chain that is changing because it's because of a demand that's coming bottom up. It's coming from the, from the customers themselves. If you have you wear Adidas and you go to Adidas and you say, I'll stop buying if you don't implement sustainability, Adidas takes it very seriously. And then Adidas goes back to its suppliers and requests using recycled nylon, recycled polyester, looking at the processes and seeing that they're less polluting, making sure that the textile suppliers have ESG, that they're treating their employees in a good manner and stuff like that. It just goes back. It has a very big ripple effect. Wow. That goes back. That goes back. So these companies are also another market segment that could use my kind of my kind of services. Okay. It's so good to hear that people are really looking into that. I mean, even consumers. Could you give us one user story, like how your business impacted theirs? Um, I have this uh, startup company that I'm working with. Okay. And uh, we put together this kind of a plan. And um, they're getting funded because of that plan. Um, I just uh, I just saw this company. Um, they're not my company. They're not a company that I'm consulting to, but they have a very interesting story. They're called Very Cool. And they're doing uh, packaging that doesn't have styrofoam in it because styrofoam is here forever. And they're using some plant-based filling and they're also using post-consumer uh, products to, to go into their, uh, to go into their uh, packaging. But they're also doing another very nice thing. And they're using XCOMs. They have a big number of their employees on their uh, production lines that are ex-cons because they have uh, researched and found out that ex-cons that have purpose, like a a steady job, they're less likely to relapse. And they got got funded $19.1 million. $19.1 million. Their investment partners said, we are very pleased to support Vericool, well-established patent portfolio that focuses on environmental resilience. We were inspired by the company's social justice commitment. This is on Vericool's website. That is super cool. I mean, they have the SDGs on board. They have their investors on board. And that's by publicizing how they do good to plan it by using post-consumer and plant-based materials and to people by helping people remain useful to society and not going, not relapsing into uh, criminal behavior. Mm, okay. I've, there's one company I've invited, like Redefine Meat, and they're going for plant-based meat. And it's really helping the environment. So I am so happy that Uh, companies are going into that i mean but Mm -hmm. it must be challenging right it is challenging it is challenging because it's 
because it's relatively new and because people don't truly understand the power of having ESG and of having an impact tech plan. So there's a lot of uh, market education that needs to be done here. So that's my biggest challenge right now. Please share with us. Having understand how powerful this is. Because it is powerful. I mean, it's not just going out to investors because that's, that's a second degree. The first degree is you, yourself. You understand the full impact of your product. You can be proud of it. And when you go and talk to people, whether it's employees or conferences or whatever, and you come with that pride, because what you're doing is good and you can prove it. Right. And that, that shows, that has added value. How do you go about it? I mean, how do you tell or um, convince people or encourage them, okay, create value, the one that is proactive? Well, that, as we said, that's my biggest challenge. So I'm now trying to, to approach incubators and accelerators and have that implemented at early stage startups as a consultant and a mentor. So they, they will understand, the people that I help during an incubator and an accelerator, they will understand and the people that are the management of the incubator and the accelerator, they will understand as well. And that will get the wheel going. That's the market education that I'm trying to do at the moment. Yes. And I hope companies go to you and uh, set up the plan and consult you. Like, where can I make the most impact on? Okay. You are into sports. You're mm -hmm. an Ironman finisher right? Yeah. And you're a female leader, an entrepreneur, a startup founder. Okay. Please tell us about your journey. What have you learned from your personal journey? Um, okay. This Ironman was a very big thing for me. Please share with um, everyone. <laughs> um, three years ago, I decided I want to do that. I want to register and I want to complete a full distance Ironman. And my partner asked me if I could envision myself crossing the finishing line. Okay, because if, he said that if I don't, can't vision myself doing that, I can't see myself going through a finish, then I won't be able to do it. So I thought about it a bit and I said, yes, absolutely. And then I went and registered. And that was the easy part because I mean, that's just money. And then I, I got myself into a 10-month training plan. And that goes up to, I don't know, 15, 16 hours weekly of sports and I started working out and I started following that plan by the time I got to the finish line battle finish line party and that was a big party I battled all my demons I mean in my head I quit like a thousand times and I kept asking myself what the hell was I thinking <laughs> I mean really this now and then I crossed the finish line and everything was gone and it was big wow they were waiting for me Fiber. Wow. World champions waiting for me at the finish line to give me my medal. <laughs> and that was a super important lesson, life lesson for me because it's the same thing in a startup. If you can't vision yourself being a unicorn, you can't, you don't, don't even bother. And if you want to do it, then you need to see yourself being real successful. 
And then you put a goal. And then you make a plan. And then you, you fight all your demons because it's a very, very hectic ride. It takes a lot out of you being on your own, trying to get the product done, trying to get the money in. It's a very, very long and difficult journey. But then if you do it, wow, nothing like it. You're over the moon. Wow, I love that. I love that. If you cannot envision it, just do not bother. Exactly. So you really you need have to be able to see yourself succeeding. Otherwise, if you don't believe in yourself, you can't convince anybody else to believe in you. That's the basics. Wow. Believe in you and you'll get people to believe in you too. Hmm. You have to go first. I love that. And I love to watch the video when you cross that line, the finish line. <laughs> I, I have it. I'll share it with you later. I love it. Love it. Okay. I hope everyone can see that too. Okay. So, wow, time is very, very fast. But, okay. Is it possible to achieve, I mean, impact scale versus impact depth? Um, I think it goes both ways because if you're doing it, you're, if you're doing it right, it goes both. Mm-hmm. No question about it. Okay. Like the degree of change and then the many people who will get or experience that. It also depends on your, on, on your product and your market. I mean, the, the, the uh, flood IOT people, they're affecting cities. Okay, but um, a company that's doing a medical device, it affects individuals. So it depends on how, what your product is. But basically, if you're doing it right, then you get it both ways. They really have to consult you for that. They really have to consult. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is my last question for tonight, Savan. So you have to fill in the statement. I am Savan your blank founder. What do you want to be known for? Um, I want to help companies. I want to be part of their success. I want to help companies succeed. And I can do that by helping them realize their full potential as an impact company. So that's what I want to be. I want to be part of these companies that come to consult me, I want to be part of their success. All right. So to all companies, if you want to succeed and create a big impact, you must really get in touch with Savan. Thank you very much, Savan, for your time today. I, I, This is very insightful. And of course, creating an impact to everyone. The whole planet is big. This podcast is powered by iomops.io. Optimize your cloud infrastructure and CICT process with iomops.io dedicated DevOps Check out www.imops.io and get a DevOps team now. Make sure to check out www.imops.io if you want to know more about us. Subscribe to our podcast so you can get notified every time we post a new video. Thank you and you have a great day.